Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, welcome to Full Count Chaos, a podcast where we can all agree that Yankee fans are a big pile of shitbags. That's right, I've said it on here before, Yankee fans are the absolute worst fan base and I think they've jumped above the Red Sox. Uh, used to be like 20 years ago. I remember those Red Sox fans were uh, just painful to be around. They're just obnoxious. And then something happened where the Yankee fans were like, here, you know, hold my beer. We're going to be the number one dick bags. And boy, did they shine this weekend. You didn't hear the Yankees were playing the uh, Cleveland Guardians and New York Yankees walk it off. New York fans just start throwing shit all over the field. Judge and Stanton. I had to run out to right field and tell the fans to cut that shit out. Yankee fans saying, we're all not like that. We we get that. But until we have a specific list of all the names and asshole fans, we're just going to continue to say all Yankee fans suck. I mean, you don't hear people saying, oh, shit, the Oriole fans are coming to town or, oh, boy, Tampa Bay Rays are coming to town. You know what that means? Their fans are coming, too. No. Yankee fans are notorious for doing this kind of shit, and it's gonna, it seems like it's getting worse and worse. And their true colors shine today. They suck. They do. They do suck. Stanton and Judge and the Yankee play, they couldn't even celebrate the walk-off. They had to come out and help the Guardian players in the outfield when shit's getting thrown on the field. So anyway, I just, you know, any chance I can get to talk shit about the Yankee fans, I'm all for it. <laughs> so there you go. Just another reminder. Yankee fans are shitbags. All right, moving on. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos, where we still vent all about the Orioles having fun. And John Means, yeah, I think we all saw this coming. Unfortunately, the announcement made this weekend, Tommy John surgery. It's about a 12 to 15-month healing process. No, God, please, no, 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 no! Of course, John Means says this is only going to motivate me more to become you know, a better pitcher and, and come back stronger. You know, all the normal shit the pitchers say right before they go into surgery. I don't think I've ever heard a pitcher go, man, I don't know what's going to happen after surgery. I mean, let's be real. I, I was struggling up until surgery. And now after surgery, after Tommy John surgery, I'm supposed to all of a sudden come back stronger. Come on. No, all pitchers are going to say that. Hey, I'm going to be motivated to come back and be a stronger pitcher. I'm going to work hard, all that fun shit. So of course this was a big kick to the groin area Hearing about John Means needing uh, Tommy John surgery. 12 to 15 month healing process. And I guess, you know, we'll see him next season, maybe uh, mid June, July, somewhere around them, just in time to help us get to them playoffs. Oh boy, how about demos getting them playoffs? They're going to play some October baseball down there. Uh, currently, he was pitching 338 ERA, 125 whip. So, Johnny, we will be here when you get back. We're rooting for you. And yeah, that, that sucks. So, oh, what else is happening? Although the pitching, they're holding their own. Of course, going to discuss all about the pitching, the hitting, just going over all the routine shit here on an Orioles podcast, chatting about the team that we love, sometimes that we love to hate. And as bad as this sounds, I'm surprised the Orioles have five wins. That sounds bad. That sounds like it's coming from a fan who roots for a losing team every day. Well, that's me. But when they got swept by the Rays, and again, we've learned that the first series of the season shows basically nothing 
how the rest of the season is going to go. We've learned that last season when the Orioles swept the Red Sox, and we're like, wait a minute here, and then, oh, that's right, never mind. So you can't get fooled by the first series of the season. Uh, but after the Rays, after uh, the Orioles got swept by the Rays, you're thinking, oh, God, they got to play the big bad Brewers and the Yankees, and they're heading to the West Coast. But, you know, two out of three against the Yankees. Had a game against the Brewers. Uh, beat the A's. I know they got their teeth kicked in. And I say their teeth kicked in because they lost three out of four. I don't care if you lost only one to nothing. I got a text from a friend. Hey, at least they're not getting beat real bad. Ugh, that's a pet peeve of mine. Whoa, look at the glass half full. They didn't lose by 10. Yeah, it's great. And the almost won trophies that they handed out after the game, that was really cool to see. I'm glad they won a couple. No. <laughs> they lost three out of four. They lost. That's it. One to nothing. 15 to 16. They lost. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, having five wins, seeing the schedule, seeing how they played the first week and knowing it's a short spring training and you're concerned about pitching. Thinking, oh boy, are they ever gonna are they gonna go 0 and 26 and start breaking some records, you know? But hey, there's been a lot of things about the Orioles that have been fun to watch and the pitching, I didn't think. Hell, I did not think the pitching was gonna be the main thing that fans were gonna talk about pertaining to the Orioles. We've all been impressed with this pitching. It's great, it's fun. Makes up for the disappointment from last year. All those young starters coming up are like, all right, here's our future. Let's see how they do. And then, boom, they crap the bed. Kind of reminded me of the uh, starters 2011. Was it Britton, Arietta, Mattis, Tillman? None of those guys had an ERA below five. Uh, Britton and Mattis go to the bullpen. Tillman, of course, had a successful career. A little bit there, starter. <laughs> Towards the end, again, everybody's going, oh, my God, get him out of there. And then I think Britain had some success, right? Out in the bullpen. Oh, Nate, you're so silly. So the pitching, at least that's been exciting to watch. The offense, man, they just got to start clicking. But I want to hear from you guys. How do you feel so far? Of April baseball, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. And you can head over to fullcountchaos.com. There you can subscribe. All the prior episodes, all the good shit. So in a couple weeks, going to be having a guest stopping by. So be sure to clean your shit up because we have company dropping in. And also in a couple weeks, wanted to throw this out there at you guys. I don't know what the episodes are going to kind of be on and off in the next few weeks. The reason why is in two weeks, I'm going under the knife. I'm having surgery. I'm donating a kidney. I've mentioned on here before, my wife has kidney disease and they found a match. And in order to help her find a kidney quicker on the list, I dig what's called a, um, oh my God, drawing a blank here. It's called a, a paired exchange program. So if my kidney matches somebody else who needs a kidney, somebody else who's on the list who's willing to donate the kidney matches with my wife, then we all swap it the same day and it just kind of trickles down. I think like six people at the same day are, are swapping kidneys. It's crazy. But I'm obviously doing that to... I guess you could say, keep my wife alive. And I'll tell you what, getting out of the doghouse for the rest of my life, <laughs> I got, yeah, I got some free passes there, right? <laughs> Can get away with a few things. But when I'm sitting down with the surgeons and they're telling me, hey, it's a 97% chance you're going to be fine. That 3%, you know, we're just going to do our best and, and get you through it. I don't think that's low enough to start, you know, calling friends and family and being like, I just want to let you know I love you. I loved our time together. I just uh, want to wish you the best. You know what I mean? 97%. That, that's a good chance. I don't think I need to start pulling money out of my life savings, you know, buy an eight ball of Coke and a boat and sail off in the sunset. I think that 97 number is a, a good chance that I'm going to make it. 
That'd be pretty embarrassing waking up from surgery. Whoa, I made it. I'm good. Then I see my wife. Whoa, good news and bad news. Good news is I'm here. I made it. But the bad news is we don't have any money in our bank anymore. But back to the good news, we have a boat. So, yeah, I think the 97 is a strong number. But if that 3% comes into play in, in a couple months, you're like, whoa, whatever happened to that Full Count Chaos podcast? Well, that happened. Jeez, Nate, let's, uh, come on. Let's get you away from the dark tunnel. Move you back over in the light. Anyway, moving on here. I uh, received a tweet uh, this week. It was funny. I was having a bad day, and it, it made me laugh. It was from uh, at uh, Baltimore Oreos. Uh, received a tweet showing comedian Jim Florentine agreeing with my opinion about grown men wearing baseball gloves. He And I don't know when that was. Uh, he was at Camden Yards. I don't know. I could have been this year opening day. I'm not sure how old that video was, but he was making fun of watching grown men walk by him <laughs> wearing uh, baseball gloves. And, you know, I talk about that. Anytime I have a guest, that's one of the questions I have because that bothers me too. I mean, there's a lot of things that bother me, like the wave and the glove, but, you know, that's one of the questions I always ask the guests in the uh, random questions, which one bothers them. But it's ironic that I have a problem with grown men wearing gloves, knowing how fucking painful it is getting a foul ball across a thumb. And that's happened to me. You know, I'm trying to play it cool, playing off the pain. Hey, well, I almost caught that. You know, my face is dark red. I start sweating. My my thumb is dark blue. Are you okay, Nate? Nah, I'm fine. Come on. Let's go O's, huh? Let's go O's. So I get it with the glove, but I just still can't wear one. Uh, my buddy took his dad and son. So it was three generations going to an Oriole game. Um, my friend's son was 14 years old. His dad, I think it's like 72. And his son, I was talking about the wave. <laughs> he told me that his son complained about the stupid wave. He's like, God, I wish he would stop doing that. But the grandfather was like, oh, I love the wave. Matter of fact, I think he's the one who started it. So I think it's funny. I think you uh, have to be, I don't know, to like the wave. I think you got to be 60 or older. Maybe there's some young people, but my friend's gig was like, this sucks. I wish he would stop doing that. Anyway, so I appreciate appreciate that tweet. That was, that was funny to see. Jim Florentine, funny comedian. He's been around forever. Um, all right, uh, some things we haven't gotten to over the past couple weeks. DJ Stewart, old Chubbs, got DFA'd. Uh, I just think even Elias couldn't stop watching the infamous dive in left field. One of the greatest gifts to use when you're talking about how shitty the Orioles are playing. That play ruined Stewart's career. I don't care what anyone says. You know, if he was hitting 305 and 30 home runs every year, I still think Elias would be like, look, DJ, I I just can't get over that dive with the ball hitting you in the head. And I can't stop seeing it in my dreams. I got to let you go. I just, I got to let you, I got to let you go. But the last five seasons, Stewart hit 213, 26 home runs, 73 RBIs. September of 2020, that's when everybody is like, oh, wait a minute. He's coming back. He hit five home runs in four games. We're all thinking, all right, old Chubbs is back with us. But last season, was it 100 games, 204 average, 12 home runs, 33 RBIs. Elias was just like, all right, enough. Let's move on. So, you know, I wish DJ all the luck, but just not working out. All right. So, of course, anytime the Orioles face the Yankees, we always got to talk about it, whether they win or lose. But usually if they lose or get swept, I'd pretend they didn't even play them. But last week, Yankees. Uh, Orioles took two out of three from the Yankees, man, that anytime the Orioles beat New York in New York, it just feels like an orgasm on a Sunday morning. It's fantastic. Friday night was a great way to see the Orioles win. You know, what was it? A two to one extras. 
That shitbag Chapman walks home the winning run for the Orioles. Fantastic. Good at bat by uh, Urias. Not great, especially knowing there, there were like two pitches that could have easily been strike three. But regardless, it all worked out. Urias is the hero. <laughs> Such a great way. Anytime you're playing a team. And with the Yankees, it, it makes it that much better. Uh, you know, when they walk the winning run home, it's it's just what a what a shitty way to lose, but what a great way to point and laugh when you win, especially when it's the Yankees. But uh, again, the Orioles won that game despite leaving 15 on base and going one for 15 with runners in scoring position that night. They still win <laughs> with Chapman walking them home. And, uh, you know, these kind of games, th- these are the times I really miss my dad. You know, we call each other and we're laughing. Ah, what a cock. Talking about Chapman walking to the runner home. We're laughing. Oh, man. Great way. So, uh, yeah, funny game that night. Also knowing Jordan Lyles became the first Orioles pitcher to work into the sixth inning. And he had a good game that night. Uh, and then Aaron Boone throws a little temper tantrum. Aaron Boone's always throwing a fucking temper tantrum. Such a little whiny ass. He gets thrown out, yelling about the ball four. I mean, look, could it have been a, a strike three? A borderline. But Chapman's curve, that curve was just so high up and it dropped at the last second. I mean, look, nine times out of ten, that's going to be called a ball. And then, uh, you know, Saturday's game, they lose. Mullins hits another home run but doesn't help. Now, Sunday's game, five to nothing. Five hits, eight runs. I definitely didn't see that coming, especially knowing they struck out 12 times in just five innings. But five runs, eighth in the eighth inning, shut the door. Felix Bautista, Dylan Tate, Jorge Lopez combined four hitless innings with four strikeouts. Boom. See you later, New York. See you next time. Speaking of the pitching so far this season, I mean, the pitcher's backs must be hurting, knowing they're basically carrying the team so far, and it may flip-flop. You know, the the, the uh, offense will score 10 runs, and we'll still still lose 11 to 10. Or we'll win those games. We will win 11 to 10. And it's just the the uh, pitching just can't hold their own, and the offense is saving their ass, whatever. But right now, it's the pitching coming through for the Orioles. Right now, the Orioles are number six in the entire league with a 287 combined ERA. Number two with the least amount of home runs given up with just five. Who the hell are these guys? Though that might change uh, when they start pitching to the Blue Jays. God dang. Those guys are smashing it. Now, Wednesday's win against the A's, one to nothing, was shutout number three for this season. 15 games in, already three three shutout games. Not bad. And I got to pat myself on the back a little bit for Tate, just a little bit, because in the beginning of the season, I said, I think Tate's going to be one of those pitchers that we're really impressed with. He's been doing a lot of work. He went out to, uh, what was it called, Driveline out in Kent, Washington, if you don't know what driveline is, it's what you call a hitting and pitching lab. And when I read about that, it reminded me, I remember I was like 20 years old. My buddy was like, let's drive cross country to Washington. He drove a 91 Civic. <laughs> he drove the car like three times a week. You know, it was all to his weed dealer. Like, the hell are you going to put me in your 91 Civic and go cross country? Forget about it. And he did it. He actually attempted it. Unfortunately, I don't think he even made it out of Maryland before his car crapped out. He was like still on 695, couldn't even make it to I-70. He actually called me to pick him up because his car shit the bed. And I'm thinking, what are you, in Ohio? He's like, no, I'm on Bel Air Road. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll come and get you. But anyway, Tate, pitching well. It's still early, but so far so good. Eight innings pitched, six strikeouts, .72 whip. Folks, he's doing just fine. 
The only pitcher remaining of the three with the New York Yankees trade for Zach Britton. Now, among all the relievers last year on the Orioles, who threw at least 60 innings in relief last year, Tate's strikeout rate was the sixth lowest with a higher walk rate and ERA than each of the five below him. So obviously Tate said, enough of this bullshit. I need to work on this. And that's exactly what he did. He worked on his slider. In 2021, Tate's slider moved fewer than three inches horizontally on average, according to StatCast. Now, its average lateral break is up to 9.7 inches. So Tate said, all right, I got some shit to work on. I'm going to continue to work on it. So he's going to be fun to watch. And we're going to continue to keep an eye on them. And one more thing I want you folks to keep an eye on. Athleticgreens.com. This is the real deal, folks. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, listen up. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, just one more. It's going to take about 10 seconds. Color Cast app. This is the real deal. Audio-only sports talk platform. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app. It's free. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league. That's it. ColorCast app. All right, back to chatting about the pitching. Old Brucey, Bruce Zimmerman. What is happening to him last year? Five ERA. A lot of the chatter about Bruce is, oh boy, here we go, another bust, but he just kept working as well. Right now, 120 ERA, 15 innings pitch, 16 strikeouts. And I was watching the game the other day, and they put up on the uh, TV, which I thought was interesting to me. Uh, 2020 to 2021, Bruce's ERA is 530. At that time, it was a zero ERA going into that game. Opponent average, 284 average. Now it's at 212. Hits per nine inning, 10. Now it's at seven. Seven strikeouts. Now it's at 10. Pitches per inning, 17. In 2022, now it's at 15. And uh, his record back uh, 2020 to 2021, 511. Now it's 2 and 0. Oh. So Bruce is like jumping on the fun train. All right, I'm going to work on my shit too. Him and Bruce are uh, just winking at each other, saying, hey, it's fun now. We're having a good time. Bruce is like, oh, yeah, by the way, Otani, uh, you're my bitch. <laughs> Strikes out Otani three times. And he also gets tri- uh, Mike Trout striking out Saturday night. And, of course, the uh, Orioles win that game against the Angels, which is always great to go on the West Coast and win any game anytime you can fly out on the West Coast. But Orioles win that game 5-3. to three. But, yeah, Bruce Zimmerman stepping up, saying, hey, I want to be a part of this rotation. When Bradish and Grayson come up, I want to be here. I want to pitch to Adley. <laughs> and then big bad Baltista. You know, in 2015, the Marlins released this guy. The Orioles were like, yeah, sure, we'll take him. Thank you very much. 2016, Orioles picked up Baltista. Six foot five, 195. Again, six foot five, 195 pounds, throwing 99 miles per hour with a filthy ass splitter. Whiff rate of 66.7% on a splitter. His whiff weight, whiff weight, whiff weight. His whiff weight overall 
His whiff rate overall is in the uh, top 27% of baseball per stat cast. Currently pitching 1.80 ERA, five innings pitch with eight strikeouts. Good for him. Look at him go. Look at him go. Look at this pitching. By the way, speaking of Grayson Rodriguez, AAA, 14 innings pitch. He's got 23 strikeouts, only two walks with a 126 ERA. And speaking of Kyle Bradish, Friday night, six innings pitched, only four hits, three runs, one earned run, one walk. He had eight strikeouts, 86 pitches, 57 of those were strikes. Come on, let's go. The pitching, the bullpen, the starters, if those guys come up, everything starts going well. If the offense starts clicking, which they have past couple games, 10 runs in, in two games, that'll work. Uh, hitting so far this season, uh, half these guys have nothing to do with the future that are in the lineup. You know, I just, I know, hey, come on, Nate, we're, we're all happy talking about pitching, the Orioles winning, and then you got to talk about how these guys are, are not going to be part of the future. Well, it's true. I mean, the offense basically the same as last year, so there's not really much to look forward to in the month of April and May. Uh, they got a, a minus 15 run differential, fifth worst in the entire league with an average of 207. Orioles are last in home runs with four. RBI dead last with 27. Cleveland Guardians, man, they have 67 RBIs already. Now, Trey Mancini, that poor guy, he he's just he's got to be extremely frustrated. Steve Molesky put out a tweet. Um, what what do you say? Mancini has hit seven balls for 100 miles per hour or more this year, and just one has gone for a hit so far. I'm I'm, you know, of course, I'm hoping that's all turning around for Trey because I know that's just extremely frustrating for him. And he does. He just keeps hitting the ball in the screws, and, and it's just a line shot. It's a rope right into someone's glove. But right now, uh, he's batting 235 average, 286 OBP, 294 slugging. I mean, look, it's Trey, man. It's Trey motherfucking Mancini. He's going to turn it around. But the offense, they just, you know, a lot of they, they had a lot of trouble in the beginning of the season with runners in scoring position. We kept seeing shit like, well, now they're five for 72. Now they're eight for 106. You're like, holy shit. Uh, Austin Hayes, I, I hope he starts turning things around, getting that momentum again. He's only batting 245. He's already got 11 strikeouts this season. So I'm hoping that's going to turn around. Ryan Mountcastle, I know he's by now, I thought he's, he'd at least have like 10 home runs. <laughs> he's only, he's got one home run. So at least he's got one on the notch. So the pitching and the batting, they're trying to work together. I mean, that's a dumb thing to say. All all teams, all, everybody wants their pitching and batting to work together. A fucking dumb statement to make. Well, they're they're trying. They really want to work. They they hope that they both do really well at the same time. Oh, is that right? That's a great point. That's a great view looking at things, Nate. Whatever. But with the Orioles playing Oakland Wednesday night, they lose one to nothing. A's get se- or uh, O's win one to nothing. Uh, A's get seven hits. They show absolutely not a fort. Uh, O's last one to nothing win was July fourteenth of twenty eighteen versus the Texas Rangers, and the last one to nothing win on the road was June sixth of twenty eighteen at New York Mets. So that's fun, right? Hey, we haven't seen that in many years. Thursday night they had a late rally going, but they just couldn't finish it. They lose four to six. And that game Thursday, uh, Trey and Brandon Hyde, they get tossed. If you didn't see this, and I did obviously want to bring this up, uh, pertaining to uh, Trey getting tagged out at first and the ump calling him out. The ump called him out on a jackass judgment call. 
And I did see the play. It passed first base. Passed like five or six feet back. The catcher picks it up. Now, Trey, after he runs over to first, he kind of just made a little like bloop, little like spin around. And I think what the judge, what the ju- I think what the ump saw is that Trey's foot went over the line, but that's not the rule. He didn't make an attempt to second. It, he didn't start running towards second and then stop, and then he runs back. And now, when this happened, Anthony Sanders at first base, first base coach, was pointing to first base, basically telling Trey, "Look, regardless whether you think you are going to second, or not, hurry up and get back. Just, just so we don't even have to deal with this call." And Trey should have known his surroundings. He should know, regardless. And I know what he was doing. He he was doing his best to play the innocent role of I didn't do anything. So I'm not going to hurry back to first and, and make this a possible bang, bang play and then make the ump think that I was going to second. So I'm just going to play it cool and walk back to first. Like it ain't no thing, but Anthony Sanders, I, you can see him. He kept pointing to first, like, hurry up, get back, get back. Just in case the ump makes an ass call. And he did. I, I don't, know what the ump was looking at there but boy he made a bad call and the ump after the game said no he looked like he made an attempt and uh i I called him out and again mancini said after the game i didn't even cross my mind not for one second did i think about going to second he says i just turned around to my left walked back to the bag if it had even crossed my mind to go to second base i would have made sure that i got back to the bag quickly he says i was very surprised and couldn't believe it and i want to apologize for the language i used and the way that I conveyed my message to Rob, but I don't agree with the call. So Trey getting pissed, Brandon getting pissed, and they get tossed. Now the role in Major League, uh, what is it? Let's see. Let's get all technical here. Roll 5.09B4. It talks about the base runner. It can be tagged if he's off the base, but then the exception underneath that, talking about what's happening here with Trey. Oh, boy, where the hell did it go? I just had it here. It says a batter slash runner cannot be tagged out after overrunning or oversliding first base if he returns to the base. And that's what Trey did. That's exactly what he did. And again, when they interviewed the umpire after the game, he says uh, that he had intent, that Trey had intent to go to second base. And Hyde said, I thought he was just squared up and went back to first base. And Trey thought he did the same thing. And Semper's flared. Now, at first, I got to say, I got to gotta shoot out some honesty here. When I first saw it happen live, I was watching the play. It looked like Trey did kind of jolt his body a little bit to the left. But even that, even that, the ump shouldn't be calling him out. It's got to be pretty blatant. You can't just say, oh, I, I saw a little jerk in his knee or, oh, he spun to the left. And I thought that meant he was going to second. Just a shit call. So, of course, that was trending on Twitter, having adult conversations, real low-key, right? Because <laughs> Twitter's not toxic at all when people are going back and forth arguing about something, especially sports. The arguments that I see when it's either politics or sports is like the same kind of heated argument, just going for the jugular. But what I saw was like 50-50, obviously 50% saying he, he was going to second, the other not, whatever, and then just going back and forth. I stayed out of it. I just kind of was laughing, looking at some of the comments pertaining to Trey and whether or not he should have been out. But they they uh, uh, leave Oakland, and look, Oakland's doing the same thing. I mean, they a bunch of nobodies rebuilding, and they beat the Orioles three out of four. But then say the same thing about the Orioles going to the Yankees. 
The Orioles win two out of three. It's why we love professional sports. You just never know who's going to win, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. That's why we watch the game. So the Orioles leave Oakland, heading over to L.A., and they won the first game. If they win the second game, they win the series. Who knows? They might sweep them. Although Watkins going against Syndergaard. You know, Watkins has been doing okay. But we'll see what he does Saturday night. And then, of course, Baltimore goes to New York. I guess New York, everyone's like, oh, they're going to want to get even. Are they? Is that what they're going to do? They're going to want to get even with the Orioles? The Orioles beaten two out of three against the Yankees when they came to uh, Baltimore. Now Baltimore's going to New York. And then the Red Sox are coming to town. And then I think the Twins after that. And who do they play? I'm just going to, uh, it's going to be a two hour podcast episode. I'm just going to go. And then after that, they go play this team. And then after that, this team comes and play. <laughs> so yeah, twins. And then, okay. The Royals. What am I up in May 10th? Oh yeah. We play the Cardinals this year in St. Louis. All right. All right. All right. Calm down, Nate. Anyway, want to hear from you guys. Full count chaos at gmail.com. How do you feel about the game or the uh, season so far? And, uh, yeah, we're hoping Adley, Grayson, Bradish, all the young guys, other players, prospects, all the good shit coming up late in the year. Oh, man. So if the Orioles win Saturday night, they will be 6-9. and nine. Woo, 69. So hopefully that happens. And, of course, as always, every week, this episode is brought to you by Sports Drink. It's a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram, type in sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're not trying to let the funk out. All right, folks, appreciate you tuning in. Till next time, 